Yes, I love baseball. Let's talk about some of the rule changes. Love them or hate them. Hello, friends. In this 102nd episode of the Press Club C podcast, let's think through uh, some of the major rule changes in Major League Baseball over the past two years. Baseball, I love talking about it. I love thinking about it. I love arguing about it. So let's dive in. But friends, before we get to the specifics of this episode, a quick reminder of what Press Club C actually is. Each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, reviewers, author interviews. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons, for example, in history and economics. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And then last C in Press Club, C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And since we have to be very specific about such things these days, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Now let's get to today's episode. Rule changes in baseball. See, the best rule changes of baseball are the ones that recapture the original excitement of the game, right? So we've had six major, um, in my, in my, by my count, six major rule changes, um, in 2022 and 2023. And I want to just talk a little bit about each one. Um, you know, there, I know there are baseball fans out there, like no changes whatsoever, ever. Right. But you know, baseball's changed a lot of things over the years. Um, but you know, there are things for the better that tap into what the sport is really all about. And then there are things that are not so hot. Um, I think in terms of the six changes, uh, that we've seen recently, I think they got four of them, right? So let's start with what they didn't get right. Uh, the national league officially adopts the designated hitter. Yeah. Okay. The, the designated hitter has been around in the American league since 1973, who was the first designated hitter, by the way? Ron Bloomberg of the New York Yankees. Crazy. Here's another question for you. Who was the first National League player to be a designated hitter? And that was Dan Dreesen of the Cincinnati Reds in the postseason. Anyway, a little baseball, baseball trivia. But the designated hitter I've always despised. I think it's an abomination. <laughs> um, the notion that in baseball, uh, you're just going to have somebody, first off, that does not play the field and just gets up and hits. No, um, you lose a heck of a lot of the game there, but even more importantly, the idea of pitchers, not batting people are like, Oh, yay. Pitchers, we don't have pitchers bat. If you like the strategy of the game, then that should be part of the game. Um, I know I'm you know, the, the argument, <laughs> the war has been lost. Okay. <laughs> I get it. But, um, it's a shame that the war was lost because, there are all sorts of strategic decisions that are now out of baseball altogether uh, that managers don't have to make uh, because there is no pitcher batting. And, you know, never mind bunting and things like that. So I think the game was just um, certainly not improved and it was made less by the designated hitter, um, you know, for what, 50 years? Wow, for 50 years or almost 50 years we had 
the ability to debate it in a way that mattered, right? Because the American League was had the designated hitter, the National League didn't. And we could talk about, hey, which is better? Now we can't do that anymore. So the designated hitter rules, and we're all the less for it. Now, the other rule change uh, that is uh, even worse than the designated hitter is the the extra inning runner on second base that was supposedly temporary and now it's made permanent. I I see this happen and it's just ridiculous. Suddenly I'm going back to, I don't know, Little League and all of a sudden we're in extra innings. It's like, oh, mom and dad, we have to get home to, uh, you know, to get dinner on the table. So we got to move this along. Hey, let's put a runner on base uh, when we go to extra innings. That's the feel of it. Um, you know, they say that uh, the changes in baseball are not meant to um, reduce how long the game is, but to increase the action, have less dead time. Well, I like that idea, but it doesn't line up <laughs> with the extra runner on second and extra innings. Uh, the Yeah, the extra innings runner. Uh, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, the Manford ban should never have been tried in the first place. When they put it on during the pandemic, their reasons were ridiculous, were frivolous, were misleading. Um, and then they're like, oh, well, we can make it permanent. Um, and shame on the, the Major League Baseball Players Association, which is arguably the strongest union in America, for going along with it. But again, I don't think it's going away now, unfortunately. Uh, but if you doubt how dumb it is, just look at the fact that they don't do it in the playoffs, right? If this was such a great idea, you would continue it in the postseason. Uh, but they don't, because they know how ridiculous and stupid it is. So that's the bottom line on the extra inning runner. Maybe someday <clears throat> it will go away. We'll see. Now, the other changes, I think, were for the positive. I mean, a, a lesser one is uh, the postseason expands to 12 teams. Um I know that's a big thing with a lot of people in base baseball fans that, you know, only a certain number of teams make it to the playoffs very limited, you know, and I, you know, you can complain about <clears throat> other sports where half the teams make it. I get all of that. But the reality is, is that with um, a postseason of 12 teams, you just have more teams, more cities with a shot as we come down towards the end of the season of making the postseason. And quite frankly, that's good for baseball. Uh, it's exciting. So I think that's a good move. Is 12 the magic number? Um, I think it kind of fits. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward, but I'm good with that. So um, increasing the size of bases from 15 to 18 inches. Only in baseball could this become, you know, among baseball fans, would this be like a big debate? I mean, do I care? Um you know, the, the idea that it might lead to fewer injuries, right? The bigger base, people, you know, step on each other and collide. Um, good. Okay. You know, um, they're, the bases are three inches closer. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't think any of that is earth shattering stuff. So um, I think there are, I think Michael K said this, the Yankee guy, Yankee announcer. He's like, you know, I'm not doing anybody else's job, but when we keep calling them pizza boxes now, it seems like there's a marketing opportunity there. And I think he's right. So, <clears throat> uh, not, you know, 
Uh, nothing earth-shattering there. If it does what they say it's going to do in terms of cutting down on injuries, then great. Uh, now, the two things that I love, <clears throat> and I mean I love them, uh, one is banning the shift in the infield, right? So I was so tired. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, for example, right? When Joey Votto gets up and they move everybody over, um, if looking out at the infield on, you know, to the, on the second base side, not everybody, but move the shortstop over there. And you, you've seen it, obviously. Pull hitters, you got the the infielder playing short outfield. And so you got, again, it's, I understood why they did it, um, you know, from a strategy standpoint. I also know that it's pretty ridiculous that major league players don't take advantage, didn't take advantage of hitting the other way. Um, it is kind of interesting. I heard one announcer, it might've been Michael Kagan saying that some players told him I can't do it. Um, which is kind of mind blowing in terms of what these guys get paid and what they do for a living. But either way, it just, you know, if you want, just it needed to stop. <laughs> it's no other way to put it. Um, I think it's fair to say, you know, uh, first baseman, second baseman on the one side of the infield, shortstop and third baseman on the other side of the infield, you have their feet on the dirt. You can move them accordingly, right? On that side of each side of second base, but you can't put everybody on one side or the other. And I think, you know, when you looked at that, I used to roll my eyes. It was just kind of dopey. I mean, I understood the strategy again, but I think it reduced the, um, well, certainly reduced the outfits output. Um, and I, there are a lot of hitters, <clears throat> I think, that are going to be very happy with this. But I think the fans are as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am fine with that. Um, it fits with how the game has long been played. I mean, there were shifts in the past. You know, I, I remember reading an article that they used to do it against Ted, try it against Ted Williams. And of course, Ted Williams being <clears throat> one of the greatest, if not the greatest hitter of all time, he would make them pay. But not everybody's Ted Williams. So I think uh, banning of the defensive shift um, is a good one. The other one, that interestingly has baseball fans perhaps most up in arms over is the pitch clock. Now, yeah, baseball doesn't have a clock. One of the great advantages. Well, it still doesn't, right? You can have extra innings go on forever, um, which as a baseball fan, I'm fine with. I think that's fantastic. Uh, but the notion that part of the game uh, has become batters stepping out, fixing their, their gloves, um, you know, looking at the stars, uh, doing whatever, and then eventually getting back in the batter's box. And then the pitcher staring and waiting and taking forever to deliver the ball. That is not part of the game, right? I mean, all you had to do and baseball people are right that did this. All you had to do is you don't have to go back that far to watch how a game was played. Um, somebody mentioned Mike Hargrove, wonderful hitter, right? Former manager of the then Cleveland Indians. But Hargrove was a solid hitter, but they used to call him the human rain delay because he was one of the first guys that did this. You know, stepped out of the box, adjusted his glove, and it became the norm. Um, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And the notion of pitchers took that long to deliver a pitch. I mean, come on. There's nothing good in that from a baseball purist perspective. 
Um, and if it, the only way, I mean, they determined that the way to do it was to put up a clock and batter has to get in. Was it eight seconds after be ready? And the pitcher has whatever X number of seconds to deliver the pitch. I don't have the numbers right in front of me here. Shame on me. I can't remember. But um, was it 15 seconds with nobody on, 20 seconds with a runner on? Um, anyway, it works. It's good. It keeps the game moving along in a positive way. It doesn't distort what baseball is. It just pushes us to get back to the way it was, quite frankly. And those are the best reforms. Um, so, yeah, the pitch clock is aces. I like it. And I think we're going to appreciate that. We're going to appreciate the, the ban on infield defensive shifts um, as this season gets rolling. And, and it's springtime and we're all optimistic. Even somebody like me who's a, who a Reds fan. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, this is these those changes are going to be good for the game. Um, I think the 12 teams is fine. Again, um, the larger bases, I mean, who really cares? But if it cuts down on injuries, then we we do care and it's good. Um, but, you know, those two dopey changes, the designated hitter in the, National, in the National League and the extra inning runner on second base, those are bad. But, you know, this isn't a perfect world. But if you want a game that's darn close to perfect, it's still baseball. And that will be my concluding remark for now. I would love to hear back from people on this in terms of their views on the rule changes. Um, so thanks for listening. Again, feedback, suggestions, always welcome. Uh, please check out my various endeavors and books. By the way, if you love baseball, uh, Murderer's Row, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel, and Root of All Evil, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel, both of those have plenty of baseball packed into the, uh, the thriller mystery stories. Um, there are 16 pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries overall. Um, you can now pre-order the 17th under the golden dome. You can pre-order signed books over at rakeheatingonline.com. All the books, if you order over there are signed. Uh, also please check out cathedral and Alliance of St. Michael novel. That's the first in my uh, historical fiction series. And guess what? Baseball comes into play there as well. Um, two of the main characters played ball in, uh, it's historical fiction set in the early 1930s, but two of the main characters played baseball together, um, at Stanford university. And, uh, <clears throat> they check out some baseball in the book itself. Uh, my economist books, the weekly economist, free trade rocks, collection of commentaries behind enemy lines. Uh, Amazon.com for the Kindle and paperback editions, Ray Keating online for signed books. Um, please check them all out. I hope you enjoy them. I hope you enjoy this baseball season. I am looking forward to it. Hope springs eternal in springtime with baseball. Thanks and God bless. <laughs>